Steve, I, I have to say, I think this podcast is like the new Bambino curse. That could be. I didn't think like, about it. About Penn saying. State, we've started this podcast, and Penn State football has not won a game. And I'm just saying, like, sometimes things aren't a coincidence, you know? Well, I'm kind of embarrassed to share this now that you mention it, but I think I was the collegiate football beat writer for the 1987 or 88, 5 and 6 season, whichever one it was, <laughs> which was the first losing season in 56 years then, or non winning season, whatever crazy year it was. So maybe. Way to go, us. <laughs> way to go, probably me, sorry. <laughs> hey. You know, it's all right, though. We, we, I have fun doing this. We look forward to doing this every week. I feel oh. like we are building a rabbit, uh, just a rabid fan base right now. Um, they are passionate. They may be small, but they are mighty. Yes, yes. That's beautiful, beautifully said. This is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with... Steve. Steve. Steve, we've got a good show today. I'm not going to say it's a great show, but, you know, last week we had Emily on. Um, she was wonderful and fantastic, and I believe it was our most listened to, to episode yet, so that is great. Thank you for everybody Thanks, who's Emily. tuned in. Everybody else? And mainly Emily for giving us some retweets. Um, this week on the show, we're going to talk about Maryland and Nebraska. We are going, not 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 the states, the, the football teams that Penn State will play, of course, Um we will talk about the things we hate in sports television, and this is spot that was spun from a, a late night angry text from Steve, and um, drunk text. we will <laughs> we will break down our take on the NFL red zone and the Sunday ticket packages, and then Steve, did you do your homework? I have I have a quiz. Look at that. Ten questions for all you people at home listening at home, which is everybody. Um, Steve just held up a piece of paper with questions, so they, that that will be happening today. All right, Steve, let's get after it. Um, Penn State is zero and three. I, I this feels like two. I mean, it really feels like the dark years all over again, doesn't well, it? Well, do you remember the dark years? I mean, two, yes. how old were you in two? How old were you in two thousand three? Uh, okay, so like, you have to remember this is like those were my coming of age seasons in terms of like actually understanding what was happening with Penn State football. My mm-hmm. earliest Penn State football memory is the loss to Minnesota at home 99. in 99. Yep. That is my earliest memory. I remember being in Beaver Stadium crying. But my formative years as a fan, you know, the Larry Johnson years, that is kind of right in there. The Zach Mills years. Like, Zach Mills is like, like if you say, give me a Penn State, like your all-time favorite Penn State quarterback, probably going to tell you Zach Mills because that was, like, the guy when I was growing up. Okay. So, needless to say, like, some of this is new for me in some ways. Some of it isn't. Penn State has always been Penn State in my lifetime. But I, I don't know. This, I didn't see this coming. I mean, I said on this podcast I thought they were going to be 11-0. On paper, this was a good-looking football team. Yeah, I, I, I always thought it was impossible for any team not to, to win less than seven games anymore. Just the way things were going and stuff had been figured out, even in a shortened year, playing fewer games. Um, and let me step back to 1999 and Zach Mills for just a second. And this is why we have a podcast. In 1999, I was the assistant sports editor of the CDT and had written a column, I think, before that game, after they beat Pitt, right? Did they play Pitt? Or maybe early in that season they played it Pitt. It would have been that last year, yeah. And it was close. And I'm like, look, folks, this is a good team. Book your tickets now for Florida, wherever it is. This, is, this team's going to be that good. And they lose to Minnesota. So the curse, probably, you know, 87, 99. And Zach Mills was great. Like, the, the, only, the only uniformed number Penn State jersey I've ever purchased. 
was the seven of Zach Mills, and, and not not the anybody else before him or after. So I think that I think that may be the first jersey that I remember being like, "Mom, buy me this jersey." Um, I think it's still hanging in the closet upstairs. It's not yeah. the Rich Rosa seven from from years before. It's, it's <laughs> that one. Um, but no, I didn't. I mean, Coach Franklin this week said he didn't see it. I, I didn't see it, and I guess you know not to. I, I think the only thing, and we talked about this early, and I've talked to some other people about it. I don't know that this team has ever, under Coach Franklin, played down in a big game. It feels like they've always played, they've emotionally come up to a game or done decent. They haven't laid an egg in big games. And, and maybe that that personality of them, you know, overthinking this through six years of the guy's tenure or whatever many years it's been. I don't, no crowd may be hurting the Penn State football team uh, as much as it's hurt any team in the country. That was just nothing to feed off of. You know, I that is what I keep coming back to because, you know, I, and look, I get like there's a new, you know, a relatively new coaching staff. I mean, Brent Pry's been there, but you know, Kirk Sherrock, Phil Troutwain, those guys are are new, and that's you know half of your your battle. But I, it just feels like something's missing, and I feel like it is the crowd noise. And somebody texted me or tweeted at me or something and said, you know. It's the no fans, and I was like, you know, I don't know if Penn or you know, it was people would be booing like crazy right now. That's what somebody sent me, and I said, I don't know if people would have a right to be booing right now because I think this team is at least, at least two and one. It had there been fans there, there's just no spark. Like there's no energy. There's no, like there's just no rah rah in this team, and it's it's coming through. There's no, you know, people are scoring touchdowns and and. Other than the Pat Fryermuth touchdown against Indiana, I feel like they, not that Penn State has ever been known to celebrate, but there's no excitement on it. No, even Sean Clifford on the one run he had, second quarter, I don't know, and got a first down, rambled and bumbled and got up and, and signaled a first down and jumped around. I'm like, he's trying. Like, he's trying to get somebody yeah. excited. And it just, did they just feel flat? Um, which I guess from the starts of all the games and being slow might, you know, actually be true. Who knows? But they just don't look super good right now, um, which is kind of scary going into a weekend when you're going to play another not super good team and somebody's got to win. So if you're a Penn State fan, I guess you're hoping it's you. or You're certainly hoping it's you. But, man, they haven't shown any flashes that make me feel super good about playing anybody right now. And I feel like, and I feel like you hit on it there, but the other thing that Penn State has always struggled with, and this will get into our next topic, is I feel like they've always struggled in those noon games. You look at that. You know, there was that one Indiana game a few years ago that they snuck out. It was in 2016 when I think that game was at noon. There was um, there was the Northwestern game in 2015, I believe, um, that they lost. It, and that game was at, actually technically at 11 a.m. And I just I think those games, a lot of those times the crowd isn't into it early. And so Penn State struggles to get into it. Now there's no crowd, no reason to get into it. I mean, there should be a reason to get into it, but there's no reason to get into it. Um, and that brings us to kind of like one of the things that we were talking about recently, and this kind of ties in with our whole sports media component of our podcast, is, is the fact that this weekend Penn State will play a game with a local kickoff time of 11 a.m. And to me, like, I know that the, the, the Pac-12 is doing 9 a.m. local time kicks, but I, I just don't think that that is fair or right or makes sense. There's no reason this game, you know, regardless of their records, shouldn't be at 3.30. This is 
or 2.30 a local time out there, it, there's no reason that any time a team goes from the east to the west, they should have to play at noon. Like I, They should be 3.30 or later kicks. I just and, think that should be the rule in the Big Ten. And I think that's fair. I mean, I, I don't know that I have a problem for both teams in any situation having whatever time it is, but I think now that the conference is big enough, you, you have the opportunity to say, hey, if you're going from east to west, the game's in Nebraska, you're not going to have an 11 a.m. kickoff. I mean, I, I don't think it's unfair to those schools in Wisconsin, you're not going to have an 11 a.m. kickoff. You're just, I mean, you know, maybe if it's Iowa and they're both there, but I think you can look at that, and I, and I don't think it damages the ratings. I mean, I know you're trying to spread out from their standpoint. They're trying to get as many high ratings and as many windows as they can and as many good games to their partners. So, you know, I guess, you know, what's left at Penn State and Nebraska is at 3.30, who's at 11? I know that all plays into it. But, yeah, I just, I don't, you know, if we really think it's about student-athletes and putting them in a position to succeed and it's about safety and all that stuff, kickoffs before noon seem kind of silly. Yeah. Um, that's all. I mean, I understand why they exist. They're going to continue to exist. But it does seem like you could work around it a little bit without making the, the algebra that much harder on all that goes into it. Well, and especially in a year like this where I would assume that the, te- the team is probably not flying out until midday Friday, which I guess probably isn't outside the norm. But I don't know. I, I just feel like those 11 a.m. kicks aren't fair to East teams when the East is already as stacked as it is, and now apparently Indiana and Maryland are joining that stacked conversation. <laughs> it does make it interesting, doesn't it? Like, I, you know, you think things are going to get a little better, and there's still somebody good, so and it's I would I, I would understand it if we were back in the Leaders and Legends era. Remember that? That's a brief, term. The brief, that, the brief Legends and Leaders division. Um, what was the trick? Uh, the M's and N's in Iowa. I think that was the trick to remembering who was in what division. Um and I don't know, I just feel like I feel like that would make a little bit more sense. But I also feel like, as I've long argued for, especially in the last five years, I think the Big Ten needs to be rebalanced or needs to move back to, you know, the whole no divisions. And, and you play, there's a couple teams every year that you play or required to play. But other than that, you kind of rotate through. As no, I think, but nobody I think, wants to be 11th or 13th. Though. That's the challenge, right? So they're going to have divisions. Like that's the thing yeah. from coaches' standpoints. They, they nobody wants to say you were 13th in the 14th team division or 14th team right. conference, right. or that's 14th good. in the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, that sounds pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I don't feel great about Saturday. Do you feel good about Saturday? Like. <laughs> And I feel better because I know I'm not going to have to see a lot of it. So I'll, I'll probably listen to it where we're headed south to, oh, okay. to see a daughter. So I don't have to uh, take it all in. But, no, I don't feel super. Like I, They just haven't shown me. I mean, I've seen the, the, the game in a quarter I've seen of Nebraska. They looked better than the three games I've seen at Penn State. So uh, yes, we'll I see. I know. I don't know. And Nebraska's desperate at home. Again, maybe it would mean something if fans were there. I, I don't know. Like It's just such a weird thing. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully it won't go overtime. That would suck. Oh, speaking... Wow. We are on fire with these segues lately. Speaking of college overtime, you know, everybody was sitting around our TV watching college football, watching the Joe Biden speech, watching the Notre Dame and Clemson game, and then we looked at the clock and we all knew... We were all staying up because we knew that Dave Chappelle was hosting SNL, and when Dave Chappelle hosts SNL, you pause and stop what you're doing and watch especially this weekend with everything with the election. And I get this text from you, and you were not happy. You were, you were angry about, about college overtime. You are 
fed up with it. It sounds like I was. I, look, I, I think I was more fed up with the broadcast at that point um, because they were reviewing every single play down to the minute image of where his knee and shin hit and whether he crossed the goal line. Like, I, I'm probably less of a fan of that than I am of overtime. But limit it to two overtimes or something. Like, make them have to go for two I in the second ties, overtime. I though. You're going to, like... It's just, it, it can be, it can just go on. I thought that was a great game, and I thought it was a great game, even including overtime. But there was a part of me that felt like we could have got it to the culmination sooner. Now, we might not have been the culmination that, that won it for Notre Dame, right? So I understand from the coach's standpoint why you kick at the end of regulation and why you don't go for two. Um, but it just feels like not football. Like, there's so many more points scored in overtime, it feels like, percentage-wise in the regular game, it almost feels like you're playing a different sport in some ways. I feel like – see, I love college overtime, and it's certainly way better than the NFL overtime. It's – light years ahead of it every i think you should each team should at least get the ball once regardless of how many points they score but i i do i do hate how long college football games go you know even the penn state game this weekend was really long certainly the uh, indiana game certainly the the ohio state game on abc with all the commercials that go involved with that was long um and i do feel like that 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 has become a problem i wish that the I think it's the third after the third overtime you have to go for two i think that should be like the first overtime like that should be the role from from the That's beginning because because yep. i think you're going to get the game over probably no later than the second overtime 80 percent of the time and like the nhl remember the nhl kind of did something similar where they were like we want to try to get games over sooner so we're going to cut it down and go from from four on four overtime to three on three overtime, making those little rolls and the, it's still as exciting as overtime is was. But um, you know, it I, I don't know. that's that's my take. That is just one of the many things that we hate or complaining about in sports television this week. Um, there, my if we were doing this podcast maybe three months ago, my number one thing on this list would have been NBC not having the shot total when they do NHL games. And, like, you're not as big of a hockey guy, I think, as I am. Like, I watch a lot of NHL hockey. And every major broadcaster except NBC, which has the national rights in America where more than half of the league is based, has a shot total on it. And, like, now I can't – like, I can't – like, the Lightning, they're on on the Fox Sports Sun, so they have the shot total. And I can't watch games. Like, it's so hard to watch games. And then – the Lightning went into their five-overtime game, and they added it, and then it didn't go away for the rest of the playoffs. So knock on wood on their score bug. I hope next season that it's there we'll see, permanently. The finally went on. That's great. The light finally went on. Yeah, I, I'm I, not as I, big a hockey guy, but I know that matters. right? And, 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 and my thing for all the TV stuff comes down to one job. You have to serve viewers. And, right. and, and it's not a hard thing to throw a shot, a shot total on, on the bug. You know, just like anything else, serve viewers, inform viewers. Don't make them guess. Make it better for them than being there if you can. Here's how bad it was. I, I, every day for one playoff season, I tweeted at NBC. This was maybe like one or two playoffs ago. Then I, I got, I found their like submit a complaint email and sent them multiple days in a row. Please add this. Please add this. And there, are, I, I know a couple people that work at NBC. Maybe just one person, but like, 
come on. Well, you didn't ever get blocked or anything. That's a plus. No, I never got blocked. I never got an email back. (laughs) I never got anything. I think they just, they don't, they're like, who's this idiot? It's like they weren't answering your questions, right? Like you just, you just spouting off and they weren't answering you. I just had a question. Well, that gets into one of mine, right? The, the, The Siri commercials, right? And maybe we've talked about this, but I've seen them a couple times on NFL games. Siri, who leads the NFL in receiving yards, right? And they ask the question, Siri has one job. Siri exists to answer questions. If you were going to do a commercial for Siri, have her answer the question. Like it, it doesn't seem, make it 10 seconds longer, five seconds longer, even if it's the leader going into the weekend. I don't need to update it to the minute, but show me how the functionality works. Again, show me your product and let her do her job. You know, so that was the next one on my list. So Yeah, I, I think I've only ever seen that question answered once, and that was pretty recently. I think we brought it up when we were discussing it. Um, on a Monday night football broadcast. And it was, the question was like, who has the most receiving yards? I, I, I really like those. I think those ads are very clever, but I agree with you. Like that needs to, that needs to be fixed. It it's it's like a magician, right? Saying, you know, here's the first part of the trick and you're waiting for the rabbit to come out of the hat and it just doesn't, <laughs> right? Like, give me the rest of the trick. So, you know, be overt and serve me. And it's, it's the next one for me and I'll save your best for last. The next one for me is third and manageable. The play-by-play goes like, third and manageable. I don't know what that is. Is it See, four? I, is it six? I know it's not long third and yardage, but but serve serve me. Tell me it's third and three, and they've made sixty five of their percent of their conversions on less than third third and three or less. Like that to me is good stuff. To me, anything less than third and four, I think, is third and manageable. Okay. Because because here's my thought process. Probably I don't know the statistic, but maybe sixty percent of the time, if you if you ran a if you ran the ball there. You have a pretty good odds at picking up a first down. I, I don't know about like third and five. I'm sure you know. I'm sure somebody somewhere has the data on it. But I I, I get what you're griping about. I think that there are a lot of um, I don't want to. I don't know what the word I'm looking at. Vagueness. There's a lot of vagueness. Yeah, I think it differs from group to group. And I guess I should probably have, and I do have different expectations for the A team versus the network versus the Fox Sports one second team. Right. right. I mean, Jim Nance and, and Tony Romo, when they go to a game, they each have their own, they each have their own statistician, plus the, or spotter, whatever. So they each have mm-hmm. their own. Plus the network provides one mm-hmm. for the booth. So that's three people you don't see on air providing them information, plus whatever research they did themselves before the week. That's five people to inform me about something that's happened in the game. If those people don't give me more than I can figure out myself, they're not serving me. Like I expect a lot from the A team of networks because there's just so much that goes into Makes it. Makes sense. Makes you know, sense. If, if it's just some other run of the mill group like we might have with Penn State Nebraska this weekend, okay, maybe I'm not expecting a lot from Robert Smith and whoever he's doing the game with as the play by play guy this weekend. Um, did you watch the Steeler game this weekend? Oh, yeah. Doing a lot of hoping so my wife's teams didn't go 0 2 over the weekend. So, um, yeah. yeah, that was a little stressful. But <laughs> I, I don't know if you know this, but Tony Romo, he used to be employed by the Cowboys. I don't know if you <sighs> no, really? ever heard that. It was bad. It was like normally I'm not a guy to be like, oh, he's he, like he's a former team, but it was bad. It was very bad. Anyways, the last thing on our things in sports meet television that we hate. My number one that I just think are awful and provide no context ever. In game interviews, I, and and I don't even care if it's like in game when the game is happening relatively, like out of a face off or in game at a halftime. I think they are the dumbest, most pointless thing. And you know what? You know, I've seen less of this year because of the coronavirus in-game interviews. That's true. That's true. But they started with hot. Like my first 
viewing of in-game hockey interviews was in the 70s and 80s watching Rangers hockey out of New York, right? And they did the between periods interview, right? And you didn't see that on the NFL. You didn't see that on college football. So that was different to me. But I do. There's no value from them, right? There's no there's nobody None. saying anything that matters. Yeah, it's all, especially in hockey, and to a degree, like, it depends on the coach in the NFL or in, in, in college football, and certainly in the NFL. It is nothing but but vague terms. We got to do better. We we did good here. We we you know we're still gonna shut the door here. Like it's 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 all of that, and it's it's awful and terrible. And I, I don't I don't understand. I wish they would. I wish they would maybe reallocate that time for some heavier analytics for the more analytics minded people. I'm more into the whole saber metrics and heavier hockey analytics, and I've been dabbling in them in in football as well. I don't know. There's I there's just better ways to spend your time. What about the the this past spring the the on the sideline during the game stuff in the AAF? What did you think of that? I don't know because so I went to the first XFL game in DC and it was it, I would what I imagine going to a MAC football game was like mm-hmm. like to watch in person and then I was like this is like what makes this league so great and then I got home. And I watched a game on TV, and I was like, I never want to go to another game again. I want to, I want to sit here and watch it. It did feel a little bit w, like it did feel like Vince McMahon was showing through in his WWE shtick. Like, like I think they were looking for that next Jeff Brom. Um, is this or not? Is this not the XFL right. kind of sound bit? And I didn't hate it, but I didn't. I don't know. It to me it just does, still doesn't add anything. And I don't. I. I. I what I will say. One thing that's happened a lot this year, and I feel like we're even in college football, it's not necessarily happening, but we're picking it up more, is people being mic'd up or mic like like sound, ambient noise coming in, and you like I forget what game I was watching, and there was somebody dropped an f bomb, and the announcer had to to apologize okay. for the f bomb, and I, to me, I enjoy like I enjoy that. I want to see that type of emotion. I want to hear what those people are thinking. Um, I did like the thing I did like about the XFL was they would let you rate like go through the radio and you were hearing right, the yep. radio from the coaches. Yeah, I think even in NASCAR does that. And I think that's actually something that's, I'm not a big NASCAR guy anymore, but I think that was cool. No, I think the access is cool. And I, I think your in-game interviews, if two out of 10 times you get something, they probably think that's a victory, but eight out of 10 times you didn't. And, and I, that's where you just don't, you get certain, you don't get cliches, you get whatever, maybe you get some emotion every you know seventh or eighth game that's really genuine but it's just rare and then otherwise it feels like they're trying to egg people on to do that or just trying to get some kind of access and it's just it you know again they're sponsored segments for the most part right i mean not that right. the, the sponsors are there but they're there to get as part of the coach's deal in the nba they have to do that interview at the half, halftime or whatever else and it's just it's okay but it's not great it's not i, I don't think it's serving going back to my serving the viewers is it always doing that i'm not sure it is all right, our our kind of bigger picture discussion this week. Um, you don't have anything more to gripe. I mean, we've got. I'm plenty done of griping for the gripe. night. Done. Okay, we're done griping for the night. We'll see. Actually, I've got a little bit of a gripe in here. Um, uh, our big picture discussion for this week um, is something that we wanted to talk about: uh, the NFL Red Zone and the Sunday Ticket Package. Um, I've bought Red Zone two seasons ago and haven't bought it since. 
have you, do you have you used it? Do you use it? Do you no, like we it? we had it as part of like a Verizon package maybe when it was up, and I think I can get it now on YouTube TV free for the next two weeks or something. They sent me. It's interesting, but but I got one thing to do on Sundays, and that's watch the Steelers, right? And if they're not playing, maybe I'll check in on the other game. I I, I get why people it works for people, especially if you're betting on the games or you just want to see the touchdowns and, and they get you around the league. I, I think it can serve people, but for me. Again, I'm more a little old school. I got one team to worry about, and I'll watch the highlights later for everybody else. I, I agree with you. I think that was kind of my problem with it. Um, I like did pay a little bit extra that year. It was Comcast had like a deal or whatever to get it, and I was like, yeah, I might as well just try it one season. But I am so emotionally invested in the Steelers that I only want to watch the Steelers game. I'm not gonna necessarily pull up and pull out another TV to watch it because I'm not gonna have the sound on. So what's the point? I'm not. I, I am into like daily fantasy. I do do daily fantasy, and I am into regular fantasy football. But I'm not like that much that I need to know every single thing that's happening. So I think for me, it it was like all right. I tried it once. It wasn't worth it. Let's you know move on. And there are other ways. You know, I think the other thing is. We've talked about this before. We talked about this with how I watch a game versus how you watch a game. Uh, everything now is is on Twitter, and I feel like the NFL is every year gets better and better at putting out clips, and it's a lot easier to find clips and and things like that, um, pretty pretty quickly. Um, that I don't feel like I'm missing too too much. Yeah, I, I think that for for red zone, I mean, I, Twitter's. If I want to know what's going on in the game, I'm going to look for the team's official, you know, feed and see what's there, and, and I've got enough time and energy to invest in a team in a league, right? So whether it's Red Zone or Sunday Ticket or some other streaming package, I just, I just, that's not a priority for me. I understand why it can work for people. I understand if you're in, uh, you know, pick a market that's not Pittsburgh or pick a market that's not D.C. and you want to follow the, the NFL teams from those cities or you want to follow your team in someplace else, okay, there's probably one way you can get it and it's those packages. Right. But for those of us lucky to be in the market area of their team, it's just not a value. It's not a value added for me. I will say the the times that I and this makes sense. The times that I did use it the most were because down here or slash when we were in D.C. in the D.C. closer to the D.C. area, we would get like the Redskins games, and we would get, like if the Ravens were playing later or something like that, we would get like a crappy you know mm-hmm. CBS game. Right. So and if the Steelers were playing at night, I would use it a lot. Like I would that was how we would watch football those days, but. The Steelers don't, don't, you know, I mean, they play at night probably. Like, I think they have five night games this year. But other than that, like, that's pretty much it. And we weren't always home for those days. So that was the other thing, you know. I think this year I actually probably would have used it a little bit more um, just because we're st- everybody's stuck at home because of COVID. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the one thing I do struggle with, though, which kind of, you know, segues into our next part is, is the NFL red zone. You – said a couple of weeks ago, you've literally never lived outside of the Pittsburgh market. You've never had to struggle. Well, to we, were in, we were in D.C. for three okay. years, so we did. I bought the radio package. I bought the Steelers. It was like $10 for the year to be able to listen to Bill Hillgrove each week when they weren't on TV, right? Because I wasn't going to go to a bar down there and wasn't going to, you know, whatever. So, no, I, but for the most part, I haven't been. And it was a struggle, but it was, you know, dealt with it. So being the good boy that my mother raised me, this year I decided that I was going to try to inquire or figure out how to 
watch the Steelers games legally. Of course, I've always watched them <laughs> legally. <laughs> um, and I looked into the NFL red zone. So, or I'm sorry, the NFL Sunday ticket. And of course, the only way you can get it through TV is to have direct TV, mm-hmm. which I, my mom had direct TV. We had that growing up. It wasn't great. Games would go out. I hated that, you know, if it rained, you would start lose coverage of a, of anything you were watching. So, plus we had already, you know, agreed to whatever deal with Comcast. So, I'm not going to do that. So, I was like, let me look into the streaming version. Now, there is a streaming version, but it's not available in the, the Frederick area. And to me, that is the dumbest. Like, that is the <laughs> whole point of a streaming version. It's so dumb. Like, I just don't get that. Like how how is it 2020 and it is it is harder to watch the NFL than it is like reruns of old cartoons like the Looney Tunes I can go watch the Looney Tunes right now. Yep. Yep. No, that's okay. It, it, like this is the the most popular sport in our country by far. It's the sport that is willing to take the most of your money and has the most money and it's Im- impossible to watch it and you compare it to the nhl the mlb and i think the nba has a similar package where you can either spend through their website through their the, the mlb uh, am or not am I'm, i forget what the, the term is for it you can mm-hmm. stream uh for like i think it's like 20 bucks a month you can do every game in the nhl or 10 bucks a month you can do just your your particular team and you can get or, or you can pay for per season and like to me that is the best way to do it i i do it for the lightning i have no problem forking over that cash i would have no problem doing it for the steelers the steelers games are on down here like 50 percent of the time it depends on when the ravens are playing and, it, and when the when the redskins are playing and who the redskins are playing mm-hmm. as well or, excuse me the washington football team um and uh, so i don't know it I just feel like, and I feel like that needs to change. And I actually, I don't know if I emailed this to you, um, Awful Announcing, um, which is one of the things that I read a lot of. They had an article about how basically the deal sounds like it's coming to the end. And, you know, some of the big players that are in it, Amazon, ESPN with their ESPN Plus, um, Disney in general, uh, you know, they're... It seems like they're, the NFL is kind of done with that deal, and they realize that they're losing money by not being able to let you stream games. Like, I, I even if even if I was living in the Pittsburgh market and I knew I was getting the Steeler games, I think I would buy it regardless, just so I could watch other NFL teams and watch other Penn Staters play. It reminds me a little bit of the Snoopy stuff, right? Like people will pay for it, right? right. So, so put it out there, and I think they, I think they, for a while it was a premium that worked for them. It was kind of like the cable bundle. You know, 10 or 12 years ago, when ESPN was in 100 million homes, the cable bundle was everything was put together. Nobody could really imagine it breaking up. A la carte's not going to happen. In the past five or six years, it has. Now, ESPN is in 82 million homes. It's lost that many people in terms of that are are watching it. But it's got ESPN Plus, so there's getting some more people watching that way or streaming things. Yeah, I mean, do the math, which you've done for the Lightning. Would you pay 20 bucks a game to watch the Steelers out of market? Would you pay 25 bucks a game? If you're in Texas and the option is to hop a plane, go there, buy two tickets, do all that. I mean, you're saving money by watching it on TV and paying for it. And I think we might be closer to that realization happening in terms of the business model. Well, so it's funny you say Texas because I, my cousin, um, he lives in Texas and his two sons are 
he's he's been a Steeler fan even though he's lived in Texas all of his life because his dad is from the Altoona area and his kids are I want to say like ninth grade and sixth grade they're diehard Steeler fans they text me like all of the Chase Claypool TikToks and <laughs> Juju memes and all of that and and it's because of the Sunday ticket that they are able to watch those games and he he said I will never get rid of DirecTV literally only because of the Steelers right. like that is this is the, like I will never get another cable provider until it changes because this is how I watch the Steelers yeah, and I don't, I don't think he's alone with any number of other fans, but I think they're going to figure out that there's a model that can still deliver the streaming piece. And we've locked down streaming so much better now in so many ways that, that it's you, going to make sense for them. It, do, you, do you do Amazon Prime? We do not. We have access, I think, but she doesn't use, use it. We have do, do a you, YouTube TV. Okay, so do you do like Netflix? Like, yes, do you do Netflix? YouTube so TV and Netflix. Let's yeah. say Netflix, because they're acquiring the rights to every, everything, it seems mm-hmm. like. Say they acquire the rights to the NFL. Like, I don't know. I don't think that's happening. But you have to pay $15 more a month or not even that, $5 more a year a month. Are you doing that? Yeah, because, again, it's worth it. I mean, it, right. think about the price it costs to take a person to a game. You know, and people can do that math. You know, I don't think you need to make it owners to try to make up every dollar. And you make the experience as, as best you can. Again, serve the, serve the consumer on the platform you have. I agree. I agree. All right, are you ready to serve me some questions? I am. This is, uh, right, here we go. It was supposed to be, we started off as music, and we talked about movies. This is kind of music, movies, and 80s pop culture. Okay. And I wasn't a big movies and music guy, so we'll see how fair this is or isn't. Okay. Um, starts off, um, there they are. Um, complete the question, there's some multiple choice. Okay. Fill in the blank, multiple choice. Number one, this is a movie line. Complete the movie line. Okay. Wax on. Wax off. Okay. One for one. Um, number two, you're trying to reach Jenny for a good time. What number do you call? Eight six seven five three zero nine. Good job. In what sport? This is multiple choice. In what sport did Loudon Swain make his mark? I'll give you the multiple choice. Yeah, you get it without the multiple choice. Extra point. Loudon Swain. You're gonna have to give me them. Okay. A basketball. B wrestling. C baseball. D hockey. Is it wrestling? It's not wrestling. It is wrestling. Good it job. is. Do you know the movie? No. Vision Quest. Oh, I've never it seen has it. It has like a theme song that every high school wrestling team plays when they warm up. Okay. Um, yeah. What two cities were the hosts of Live Aid? London and East Rutherford. Half a point. London and Philadelphia. Oh, that's right. I knew that. I knew that. Um, this is a complete fill in the blank one. Small town girl meets city boy on a midnight train. Where was he born and raised? Small town girl. It's East Detroit. Oh, it's South Detroit. South, South Detroit. No! I get a half a point. I you get a half a point. point. Okay. So you've missed one out of five so far. That's All not right. bad. Two halves. Um, oh, this, is, this is movie. Um, which of these things does Crash Davis, do you know who Crash Davis is? Um, Bull Durham. Okay. Which of these things does Crash Davis not believe in? Got to give them to me. It's a four so seam, long. a four seam saf, a four seam fastball, a law against astroturf and the DH, opening presents on Christmas Day, or good scotch does not believe in. 
Is it presents on Christmas Day? No, it's the four-seam fastball. He, uh, he, he believes in a hanging curve. Right. Or does not believe in a hanging curve. So it was the fact. That was, that was tough. That was that a tough, tough one. It's been a, I've seen Bull Durham. Um, one, one of the better soliloquies in a movie, a sports movie, was that little spiel to, to him, to Annie, about why he wasn't going to be her guy. I, see, but that's not my favorite like baseball movie. Well, I mean, my favorite baseball movie is my favorite movie, The Natural, but... Yeah, okay. So... That's yeah. good. I, the Bull Durham for me was the year I worked in minor league baseball. So I, uh, watched, I watched that movie with Mike Hargrove and the Williamsport Bills. And as we left the theater, Mike Hargrove's wife said, yep, that's what the season's going to be like. That's what minor league baseball is. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Um, uh, number seven. This band was Billboard's Artist of the Year in 1987 and dominates my musical library. The Go-Go's. Def Leppard, Bon Jovi, or Journey? All right. I don't think it's the Go-Go's. I feel like it's late for Bon Jovi. Like, I feel like they were, like, the earlier chunk of the 80s. I think it's Def Leppard. Close, but it was Bon Jovi. They were the band in '87. That's a um, tough question. I, I, I told you they got harder. They, these got harder. Because I'm in, not. Who, us, if, us millennials, we don't we don't listen to Billboard or read Billboard. Or I had to look it up too, dude. I'm sorry. Spotify. <laughs> if it would have been five right. questions, you'd have been great. Um, number eight. This one's tough too. This one's who knows. This actress got a career boost by appearing in a Springsteen video when she was pulled on. Stage. Oh, this is easy. Courtney Cox. Okay, there you go. Good for you. Um, all the right moves was filmed in and around this Pennsylvania town. Erie, Johnstown, Bethlehem, or Reading. All the right moves was uh, Top Gun Dude. Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise in a football movie with Leah Thompson. I think it was, was Erie. It was Johnstown, but they're in the same hockey league. Was, was it? Close. Well, yeah, it was Johnstown. Oh, because I, well, see, I would have said, I, I don't know, I feel like Slapshot's the only thing I know. Yeah, so they had two movies there. Um, Did not good. know that. These are tough. Um, and then this is a put them in order. Three items, put them in chronological order. Okay. The Challenger explosion, New Coke being unveiled, and the Berlin Wall falling. So which one was first, second, and third? New Coke, Challenger explosion, Berlin Wall. Okay. So. Reagan? No. Yeah. Reagan said Mr. Gorbachev tear down the wall. I want to say it was Reagan. Or, I'm sorry, The Wall. Then I want to say The Challenger. And then I want to say New Coke. Is that chronological order or reverse chronological order you just gave me? That is chronological. Oh, chronological. if you had said you'd been reverse, you'd have been I, right. I, I knew it. I knew it. Was, I, thought the, I thought New Coke was the 85. 90s. Oh. New Coke, 85. Challenger, 86. Berlin Wall, 89. 86 for the Challenger. I remember seeing it in school because right. we had the school that's teacher. Disappointing. This is good. That's a disappointing challenge. like three and a half. Here's a bonus from the 70s. Oh, God. A bonus. This is 1970s. Oh the first Major League Baseball team to field an all-black starting lineup. The Cardinals. The Pirates. I didn't know that. I figured and if I... it was it was a gimme for like your team trivia if it didn't get it. So there yeah. you go. I should have met... That's good. If you the first, if I'd have done five, like because I had to dig a little bit for something. Yeah, that so was good. you were. If it had just been music, the the bar stuff. You and again, I tested this out on my daughters and and well, the the Jenny and the and the um, small town girl. You know, everybody went through the lyrics. Like I could yeah. hear them on the phone saying, "Oh yes, yeah. 
And you were like, so, so yeah, you guys yeah, all got it together. I, I, That's great. I don't know why I got West Detroit instead of South Detroit. I knew that. Very good job. That's good. All right. Uh, this is the show for this week. Do you have anything else you want to complain about? No, I'm, I'm done. Well, I got some more ideas for next week. Okay. Come back right. and listen for more complaints. I, I'm excited. Um, seriously, thank you to everybody that's listened so far. Um, we got a, a nice text from Mark Pavlik, and, and I appreciate that, Penn State men's volleyball coach. Hopefully we can have him on in, in, in a future oh, date. Shit. Apparently he, like, he's got some, some dirt on you. So. He, well, I'll be interested in you. He is the, one of the best Penn Staters I know. Oh, he's he, he's it, just a hundred percent. That is he, he is like if you want to picture a perfect Penn Stater, Mark Pavlik. I mean, when I when I get chills, his line is talking. What is it about Penn Staters doing impossible things, or, or just ordinary people doing possible impossible things? I'm killing that quote, but it's something like that that he says to people all the time. And when I think about it, I get chills. So yeah. All right. Well, we will try to have dirt. him on. Maybe we'll try to have another guest on before that. Um, subscribe to us on. Amazon and Spotify and iTunes. Like us on Facebook if you haven't done that already. Still haven't gotten an email. Somebody email us. It's just stuff summer says podcast at gmail.com. Literally, you could send us a cat meme. Someone will email us. I know it if I just keep promoing it. I don't know why I want somebody to email us. Um, maybe you could email us some feedback about our podcast. Maybe we could do the pitch for the email at the start of the show. Maybe they didn't make it this far. Yeah, that's that. That that's like we're just gonna change the name to Stuff Summer Says Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> and my Twitter handle is Stuff Summer Says. Your Twitter handle is Steve Samsel. Pretty simple. All right, thanks for joining us this week. Bye. <laughs>